0: Get some of this in this corner with Brian Campbell returns and is ready to pass your guard with another lethal dose of the only supplement that's banned by athletic commissions in 14 different countries. That performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell is the voice that you hear just about ready to reunite with the great King Mo to recap, review, and preview all of the top headlines in the sport of mixed martial arts, including the fallout from both the UFC 218 and Fight Night Fresno cards, and a look ahead at the year-ending UFC 219 card to close out 2017. We will also talk about GSP's decision to drop the middleweight strap and debate the validity of the Conor McGregor-Manny Pacquiao rumors, including what UFC's options are. To get the Notorious back in the octagon as quickly as possible. It's a show that's guaranteed to leave you impressed. I'm not impressed by your performance. With a smell that simply can't be denied. It is a beautiful aroma that arouses me. And before I welcome in Muhammad King Mo Lawal to get this tag team... Back again. Let me remind you to do your part in the audio revolution. If you hear something today that you like. If you see something, say something. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, review. Heck, shout us out on social media using that hashtag in this corner. And check out our other offerings in the world of boxing and pro wrestling. It's the ITC. It's the one-stop shop for combat sports audio. Yes, you might say it's a new era of my MMA audio altogether.
1: Welcome to the Machida era.
0: No, 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 wrong era, wrong era. But without any further ado, it's time to welcome in MMA royalty and get the ball rolling. Enjoy. Oh, yeah, King Mo and the Brian Campbell back coming at you after a week off, ready to really move some of this hot, fire mma audio the king how are you man we got so much to get into here let's start right off the top king bowl wall we announced your fight the last time we talked you in camp you getting in shape you ready for this
1: man i'm always in camp and i'm always in shape i really don't do camps i just train all year round for the most part and as it comes close to the fight time i gear down and break down my opponent
0: you don't get hyped you stay hyped is what you're saying basically king yep
1: Mo. yep you gotta stay ready you know i I feel like it's the best way, you know, stay ready, stay ready to go, be in, be in battle mode, be battle prepared at all times.
0: Well, wow, take that, Ryan Bader. We look forward to that fight in 2018. But, King Mo, I got so many topics, not just MMA. I want to hit you up with the hottest button topic in combat sports, at least for this 48-hour period, it's that in boxing, our guy Vasily Lovachenko might be something we haven't seen in a long time. King Mo, there's so much hyperbole Rigo Guillermo ringing moves up two weight classes. Lomachenko forces him to quit. Now there's so much hyperbole off of that of like, is this guy a mixture of Manny Pacquiao and Pernell Whitaker? Have we ever seen anybody like him? You're an expert in all three combat sports. I got to get your hot take. How good is Vasily Lomachenko?
1: I, he's real good. But here's the thing, right? He's real good right now. I'm with it. I mean, he's 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 in my top top. He's like top three pound for pound. You know what I'm saying? Possibly top two, possibly number one. But here's the thing: in order to to great for, to to bring up greatness, you have to bring up time. You have to do something good over a long month period. So he's been doing it. He comes, he comes from a great amateur background. Right now, we're seeing something great. Hopefully, we can keep it going for a little longer. My worry is that Bob, like now Bob and if you guys you know get in his head and have him look too fast and go too many weight classes, True. because. If if he has to fight someone like Robert Easter, what's ro- if Robert Easter goes to 140 and he understands his range, someone like Robert Easter would be too big for him. It, uh, I'm know, with
0: you. Or someone like Terrence Crawford, if they ever try to do a summit meeting like that. That's all kinds of wrong for a style matchup. I fully agree with you.
1: Because the thing is, what what's going to end up happening is he'll end up being like um, Chocolatito. Chocolatito went up. He'll end up being like Riggondale. Riggondale went up, and he ran into somebody else that's just, bad, just as bad, if not a little badder and bigger. You know what I'm saying? Very good
0: points. Well, I was there, King Mo, covering that fight in New York City. Man, I was – I got to admit, I mean, I was so fired up. That's like the hardcore technician wizardry battle that gets me fired up. And, of course, it didn't play out that way. But, you know, you had Bob Arum after the fight, and he's saying basically I have never seen – a fighter this unbeatable since the mid sixties version of Muhammad Ali. And I know promoters, they 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 di- they swim in hyperbole. Like that's how they get down. But he even made some other quotes, came over he, he's basically like, look, I promote Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford to me, when all is said and done, is going to be thought of on the level of a sugar Ray, Ray Leonard. Like that's a big statement to begin with. But then he goes, But this guy Lomachenko, he's on another level than that. He's superhuman Now, like, okay, it's a promoter who's 86, who's just running his mouth. But like you said, I think he's going to destroy anybody, you know, at 26, 30, 35. Now he's willing to go as high. But when you go up to those money divisions and you're a small guy, and I know eventually he will, right? Eventually he's going to face some big name at 140, 147. But will that effectiveness be the same? Can he be the next Manny Pacquiao in that regard where where the size leap doesn't affect him because the skills are so sublime?
1: And that's greatness. Because think about this. You got Roberto Duran. He will start from 140. Finished at Cruiserweight, I believe. You know, to, uh, you got, you got, you got Hearns. You, you know, we got Floyd. You got Pacquiao. You're rigging that. You have guys that move, move up and change weight classes to prove, to show that they're great. Same as well as Andre Ward. Andre Ward was not, well, he was a one, he started for 160. Went from 160 to super middleweight, super middleweight. Light heavyweight, and he's not a big light heavyweight. So, my, my, the thing with Romanchenko is he's not big, like, period. He's not big at all. So, for him to go 130 to 135, once you go once you pass 135 to go 140, that's when things start getting a little, side, the size starts to, get, you know, oh, yeah. starts to catch up with you.
0: That's where you got punchers, and that's what we said with the Easter and Karen's Crawford comparisons. When you find somebody with length, speed, and pop, who knows how to use it. Then you have to take the kind of chances that you don't at 130 and 135 when you are literally forcing these guys into submission because they can't see what's coming. Like you're just a and you know you're this like you all they're seeing is flashes of the colors of your gloves. But what happens when you find someone with real speed and power? That I mean that's why we watch the fights. That's why it matters. Lomachenko right now, if you're talking about the stock, his critical stock is as high as anyone I've seen in a very long time.
1: And, then, and here's the thing, here's the one thing, here's, here's one thing that's going to be a little different for Lomachenko because um one thing he lacks that all the other people lack, he has a style and everything, but he lacks the the pop. Because look, he couldn't even drop even though Riggondale's crafty, but obviously Riggondale get dropped by lesser fighters, you know, and he couldn't drop Rigandow. so imagine that's what, like, you know, look at Pauly Malinaji when Pauly Malinaji started going up, he started having more problems because he couldn't keep people off of him. Floyd had enough pop to keep people off of him. Same thing with Pacquiao. You you rarely see people walk down Pacquiao because Pacquiao has that great equalizer in that left hand and that right hook.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, very, very true. Really, very interesting to see. But, you know, they succeeded, it seemed, on Saturday, at least, in making that fight be a spectacle. It followed the Heisman Trophy ceremony. You saw a lot of people tweet about it. Max, blessed Holloway, the UFC featherweight champion, was in attendance. It seems like they've become fast friends ever since Holloway. at UFC 218 sort of mirrored one of Lomachenko's, you know, boxing techniques. And uh, just to close on this, King Mo, you think that will – do you think Lomachenko is so uniquely sublime that we will see more of that? We will see more people studying him? Like, we've seen TJ Dillashaw go to camp with Lomachenko and get some good sparring work in to just be basically saying there's nobody else like him. Do you agree, kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? It always, it always happens like that. It's always about who's hot because, remember, about 12 years ago or actually maybe 15 years ago, if we were, we'd be talking about Roy Jones because Roy Jones, if you think about it, what Lomachenko's doing is impressive, but what Roy Jones did, he did the same thing at different weight classes from 160, 168, light heavy, heavyweight. You know what I'm saying? So Rogomichanko does the same thing, which he will, which he can. He'll be in the same. We'll be talking about him like Roy Jones, but maybe in a, a step above.
0: Wow, wow. Look forward to seeing what comes next from there. Kingbo, even before we get into this long laundry list of MMA, I got some pro wrestling things I want to bring up here. Number one, this Dan Lambert ATT pro wrestling angle with impact does not seem to be slowing down. For anyone that hasn't been tuning in, where where are we at? What's what's the future for
1: this? Well, you know, I, I I'm not gonna speak on it just yet because some things are happening, some things, some some big things are happening. I can't speak on it just yet. <clears throat>
0: Alright, well, Impact's got some new, uh, creative leads, right? With Don Callis, the former, uh, Cyrus the Virus the Jackal from back in the day. He's also the voice of NJPW on the American side. He, him, and Scott DeMore have taken over the creative. Hopefully, we'll see, uh, you know, an upkick for Impact. Hopefully, they will get a new identity, keep going forward. But I think, uh, from what I've seen on social media, is Dan getting in the ring? Has that happened? I, I thought there was a tease on the, uh, on the old Impact Wrestling Twitter account that tune in. You're going to see old Lambie get in there. Oh, he gets in there. Alright. Oh, wow. He gets in
1: there.
0: He had business. All right, all right. The other pro wrestling news, I don't know. I haven't even prepped you the last 24 hours, how much you've been on the old interwebs. But we know Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are going to fight January 4th, NJPW, their version of WrestleMania at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. And holy crap, things have intensified Candy Omega getting jumped by Chris Jericho Sunday night at the pay per view, getting busted open. Then they had another run in at the press conference just last night in Japan, in which Jericho threw a table at him, started swearing at him. King Mo, you know what this feels like? Remember in the late eighties you're watching WWE and it's all comic books and cartoons as you know, and then like the NWA WCW comes on and Dusty Rhodes gets his forehead busted open by like the spike from the Road Warriors, you know, shoulder pads.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the shoulder pads and stink. And like the, and you're like this is yeah.
0: man stuff. Like this is man stuff. I get yeah. that feeling watching the build of this match.
1: No, no, that's I can't believe you brought that that example up because that's the that's that's exact truth. That's what it feels like. I feel like that old throwback, you know, cutthroat. Like that's what wrestling's missing. That's that that's that real, you know, grime grimy, you know, gritty, you know, dirty. I like that style. They didn't bring it back. Stiff. I miss that. That's the old school. They bring it back. Definitely.
0: I don't know if you've been following the politics, but Jericho came out and, uh, kind of broke down how he made this decision and, he, and how he broke it to Vince. And he broke it to Vince McMahon after he had signed the deal to go fight Omega. And he says Vince was all like smiley and, and laughing and happy and saying, I'm, I'm happy for you. You think he's really happy for him though? I mean, this is like going across the street to your number one competitor and, you know, and, and bringing the WWE name with you.
1: Is there somehow that this is good? Business long term for WWE to have Jericho do this? That could be bittersweet. I think he'd be happy for him, but at the same time, hoping that does isn't turn out that well. You know, who knows? Because you know, maybe he's looking to maybe he's looking to think that hey, I got I got um Jericho over there. Maybe Jericho can put some some thoughts in these guys' heads. Know that hey, WWE's looking at these people. You a know, recruiting
0: trip. Yep.
1: Yeah, it could be a recruiting trip.
0: Very interesting, but that, that match has my attention, as does the whole idea, and I talk about this on the, on the wrestling podcast each week for a lot of our crossover listeners, that there's a real revolution here, King Mo, in the indie scene, that they're coming for WWE, and they're not coming for WWE's wallets because you can't, you're not gonna be able to take down the beast, right? They are so far financially ahead. I just want somebody to come in that forces the creative hand of WWE, that says, that we haven't seen in a while, right? That says, we are doing something that's so innovative, that we need you to change and be better because I'm sick of these mailed in Raws when 50 year old Kane keeps walking out in the main event. I can't handle it anymore, King
1: Mo. You know what? I think we're already starting to see that. I think we're, I think we're starting to see that. And I think they're going to start seeing it like, uh, well, let me, let me, think about this, right? We saw the, them tease the Hardys, you know, I mean, broken man Hardy just the other day. Now with Hardy versus Bray Wyatt, I feel like, you might see a change with the, off of that storyline. I think that will for, that, that storyline is going to force them to become more creative and that might be able to spread throughout the whole company. I hope that's so. what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping.
0: Either that or they'll ruin Broken Man. I'm already scared of Woken Man. i mean, they'll ruin him. Yeah. But all right, King Mo, we're 10 minutes in. The, the non pro wrestling fans are already knocking on the door saying, when are you guys going to talk about GSP and the news at hand and all that's going on in the world of MMA? And GSP might be the biggest story this week, King Mo, because he gave up that middleweight belt. And the UFC booked a fight that I'm hella excited for as interim champ Robert Whitaker is going to face Luke Rockhold for the full 185-pound championship UFC 222 on February 10th in Australia. I called this King Mo la- late last week when it broke a Christmas gift to the UFC, GSP giving up the belt. Like I don't even why, – why in the heck would Dana be mad? This is what the UFC actually needs because it restores order. Where there in that division there was no order, it was chaos under the Bisping regime for more than a year. And by the way, UFC, it was your fault that you enabled this chaos. Now GSP is allowing the two best middleweights to compete for the real championship. That's called progress. Am I wrong?
1: No, not at all. But here's the thing: they messed up progress so bad that they could have had Romero versus versus uh, Rockhall. They could have different matchups leading up to that, but it all got sidetracked because they wanted to have GSP versus Bisping. And then things things have got smoother because then after think about this after Rockholt and uh um Whitaker fight, then what next? The winner of that fights who? Who's the next? Who's the next in line?
0: Well, that's a good point because your other big names when this is a loaded division and there was a long line, but some of those guys in line have lost now, right? Like Jacare Romero and they haven't bounced back with a big win yet.
1: Well, see, Derek Bronson is fighting Romero. I mean, Jacare next.
0: That you could know, pro- that and, could produce a title challenger. I mean. Yeah. It,
1: it could be, but the thing like this, Jock will be one and one going in for a title shot, and then you have Bronson, who'll be two and one or or two or maybe three and one going for a title shot, which which sounds better. Bronson would be a, would, would sound better, but then what about Romero? Because Romero has one over Bronson, so what do you do with that situation?
0: Yeah, I so mean like, Romero's got to beat somebody big to get back in there, but I think he's he's you know with just that one loss, I think he can get back in there if he can get another bounce back win.
1: Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing: who's there for him to beat? That's like other than Derek Bronson. It's a, it's a fair point. I, I guess I'm looking at it just, no, but you know, like, this is a wide gap. Cause think about this, right? Who is there for him to beat other than Derek Bronson for to get, to get back in the title hopes? So, Cause he beats Jorah Hall. Jorah Hall still, he's up there, but Jorah Hall's not up there, up there. Christoph Jocko. Um, who else is there at 185? Like, you know, there are guys there that, um, the Pochina guy, but he's still, he's still, not it's still early up.
0: for him. So, so the, the big names you're talking about is basically Weidman, Gastelum. They're in that 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 gap in the middle still.
1: So, 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 so then you can have Ramirez versus Gastelum, you know. But then what what, what do you do about Weidman? Because Weidman's came off a win, and Weidman beat Gastelum. So, what that's do you do point. about that?
0: That's a good point. Uh that, You know, David Branch also coming off a loss. Uh, Belfort has a fight coming up, but he's he's past his his expiration point. Same with that's Machida. Maybe the
1: problem, Maybe, that's the problem. That, that when they when they when they had Bisting versus GSP. That threw off the whole smooth cohesiveness of yes. that weight class. Because before it was an even bracket, so you could be like the elimination comes down to the one-on-one final for the finals. But now it's like it's so uneven that some guys got to win three. Somebody, one guy might have to win one fight. One might have to win two. One might have to win three, but they're all in the same ranking, around the same ranking, three, four, or five. It's bad. I feel bad for those it's guys. It's weird. In six
0: months ago, this was one of those so loaded divisions that we just need clarity. Well, at the very least, we'll have clarity at the top after UFC 222. So I'll take that. I'll let the other chips sort of figure themselves out in the end. But a great move. I don't even see how Dana White could be upset at GSP. I know, like, it's because, oh, well, he signed a deal that, that, you know, guaranteed he had to fight Whitaker. Nobody wanted to see GSP Whitaker. I'm sorry. GSP, it's either that he's never going to fight again or he's going to safely take off the muscles and the weight. And then do some glory, you know, welterweight, super money fights, which is really at, at his age, what he should do. But, you know, you, GSP, one of GSP's coaches, John Danher, coming out on, uh, the MMA hour on Monday, basically saying he's not sure GSP will ever fight again. From, from your thoughts, do, do we see GSP again? Is this him strategically wiggling out of the title, taking some time off for his colitis, and then we'll see him back? Or do you think there's, there's meat to that?
1: I think he's done. Well, what's the point? What is the proof? Still has it. I, I think he done like as far as like fighting like on with a regular schedule. I think he might come back for maybe one another fight or you know another another big like only big fights. Like maybe Connor say Connor's out for a while and he's you know GSP's out for a while. He might and Connor wants to come back versus a big name. Well. You know, that's, the best, that's the match they could possibly make happen. And you
0: look at UFC's desperation right now, King Mo. 2017 was like the year of desperation for UFC. They're scrambling constantly to make throw out an interim belt, make any fight feel like it means something. You have to believe right now that's what they're talking about, Conor GSP. Just like it'll keep everybody happy and it'll make everybody money.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have to think that, but at the same time, like it's just – what's the story behind it? You know, like let me guess, like – Conor's gonna go up even more, go up two weight classes again to 170, or actually one weight class. George's gonna drop back down to 170, old weight class, and fight Conor for a five-round super fight. You
0: well, know, you make like, a good point. There is no storyline. There's no juicy WWE angle. It's like here are two people that can make us a lot of money. Let's have them fight.
1: And 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 that's the thing. Like, um, I I think it'll sell. But like, the thing about Conor, the whole if you look at Conor's whole um career. Especially in the UFC, it's always always been some type of storyline involved with him. Always been some sort, some type of buildup he's had. Like, what would the? Because he talks trash to George. What's George gonna say? <laughs> Nothing, you know.
0: Uh, that's a good point. If we're booking the territory here, and you want to create one, then I guess you'd have to kind of do the angle of Conor saying, "GSP, you came back." Only because I took your glory. You came back only because I became the face of the sport and the pound for pound king. You're trying to come back and get some of that back. I'm not going to let you. I want to take you out. But even that's a little bit flimsy. It's not like uh I'm daring to be great and doing something. You know, you're right. Every Conor fight lately has either been him daring to be great, moving up in weight to do something, him grudge match against Nick, uh, Nate Diaz, him, you know, they say he can't beat a wrestler. He fights Mendez. Then they say he can't. Be, you know, like it's just the same thing over and over. You're right. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. But we've There's, said it here. That's the fight that'll make them the most money
1: of any no, other in the in the in UFC. I disagree. What's that one? What do you got? What do you got? Okay, have a fight the um, Nate Diaz again. See what happens there. Say Nate loses, bring Big Brother back out of retirement. Oh yeah. Find- well,
0: I think that's the issue. I think it's the brother issue. I think Nate, or you know, I've heard this. I've read this that Nate sees GSP as Nick's payday, right? To get a second no, chance.
1: No, 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 but no, but I'm not a GSP. I'm talking about Connor. You want to bring Connor because the thing is, like, you've because the thing is, like, we've, so we've seen GSP versus Diaz. Okay, but let's see, let's see Big Brother Nick versus Connor. Think about the trash talk on that. Think about the history. Because that's and that's and that's if Connor beats Nate. Think about the history on that. Nick versus Connor. Think about the trash talk. Think about the the wild Think about everything. Because then it'd be Stockton versus Ireland.
0: It, I mean, that's great. That's, that's, that's a heck of a book. I don't think though that, for the same thing I said, I don't think... Nate would be happy to let Nick slide in, because Nate Diaz hasn't fought in a year and a half because he's waiting for Conor. He turns down every, reportedly, turns down every fight. Now, again, I say reportedly because Dana White lately is, like normal, is saying a lot of things in the media that fighters like Tyron Woodley are saying, sorry, Dana, that's not how it happened. You're spinning the narrative again. So who actually knows? But the narrative seems to be Nate turns down every fight not named Conor. So I don't think he'd let his brother
1: slide in them DMs. No, no, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, like, they... Connor fights Nate for the trilogy. Okay. And Connor happens to beat Nate. Oh, you know, I, Nate I got be, screwed up with yeah. what you're saying. It is, yeah. No. Have Connor versus Nate. Now if Connor happens to beat Nate, then book Nick, big brother. Oh, versus, that's some Klitschko stuff right there. That's some like oh Chris yeah. Bird,
0: you beat my brother, All right? I'm gonna come in and knock you off.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And think about that, think about the trash talkers. then from then it would be Stockton versus Ireland.
0: Okay, so this is a good conversation to get to while we're under Connor, because that's, that's juice, that's great, that sells, that's great. But that continues this trend of Connor's not a title fighter, right? He's never defended either of the titles that he's won. Connor is a big money super fight fighter, which we already know. But that scenario cements that. So at what point right now, as the UFC is really being held hostage by Connor. And I don't say that in a negative way. I mean, he's got a 100 million reasons to do what he wants. So he can do what he wants. But w- under this premise, at what point, King Moen, and maybe it's already started, do the fans turn on Connor and say, all right, dude, enough of this charade. Like, you're killing us at lightweight by holding the belt and not fighting. And now, you know, are we talking about another Diaz charade? Like, at what point does the UFC step in, maybe to gain back some of the control and say, all right, we're taking this belt from you. Like, this is enough. Enough is enough.
1: They can do whatever they can take the belt, whenever they want. They can do whatever they want with the belt because the UFC already ruined the belt. The belt means nothing now. Well, that's fair because they've already had so many iron belts. So what you take the belt? So what? Then give me a super fight. That's what's going to happen. You want pay per views? You put Conor in the super fight. They they made it to the point where the belt means little. That's what that's what happens. You know the, the belt means nothing.
0: You know I jokingly said, and others have made this too. Uh, after the first DS fight that, like, UFC should just make the, the belt of Connor, the Connor championship, like, we make this joke in boxing, we, cause Canelo Alvarez is the big money guy, he likes to fight at catch weights, we say he fights at Canelo weight. King Mo, you're a money weight fighter, you know, like, it's the same kind of thing. They should have just made the Connor McGregor super fight championship, like, go old school UFC, right? And just make, like, the, the pay-per-view super fight championship, and have that be a thing where, I mean, I know you'd support this. Who cares about weight classes at that point? Because the other belts don't matter. Conor's got the super fight championship. Just keep lining up dudes that want to make fun, creative pay-per-view fights because you're right. It's a complete mockery of the divisions. So stop acting like the divisions and the rankings matter. When Connor has never defended either of his belt. So I guess that was my question to you. When do you strip him? I say you strip him now because maybe that's the only control UFC still has over Connor. A minor you know, a modicum of control. Because financially Connor's driving the ship right now. And to a certain degree, that's a good thing, King Mo, because of how the fighters have been treated for years. It's good to see somebody get that control. Even if that someone is a maniac, it's good to see him get that control. But if I'm the UFC, I basically say, We are stripping you if you do not defend against you know Ferguson by the state.
1: Yeah, yeah. Here's a here's the issue with that, right? So, well, if he says, "Okay, strip me, strip me," and then he's like, "Since you strip me, I'm not gonna fight. Fight. I'm not gonna fight next year." And then the UFC keeps throwing cards. Cards do horribly, and then he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna fight next year." And then they're like, "You you wanna fight?" And he's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "All right, we'll book this." Not nah, you know what? And he could be like, "You know what?" Y'all's, y'all's numbers were that good last year. You know, I'm like, I want, more, I want, he could negotiate them because then he'll know that, he'll know it, for right right then off, he'd know how much power the UFC would hold. If they're do, if they're doing terrible with the numbers and the numbers are dropping and he decides to sit out for a year and decides to come back, he can, he'll have all, he'll have even more power. When it comes down to it, That's a good point. the damage is already done. The belt means nothing. That's a really good point. Tough. So you, they, that'd
0: be them poking the bear. They stripped the title now, then it's just giving him more reason. To hurt them when you look I mean like let's look at 2017 as a whole so 2016 UFC breaks all their financial records because largely because of Conor right they have the, the big sale for four billion this year has been horrific from a pay-per-view standpoint from a buzz standpoint but Dana White has been quoted as saying because they allowed Conor into that boxing match with Floyd this is the best year in financial history of the UFC so there's think actually think of what that means Conor sitting out and doing things on his own terms Essentially crippled the UFC's pay-per-view model because he's the the star above all stars. Yet at the same time, by having one boxing match, saved them financially. Doesn't that show more than anything that that there's no one as valuable as him? I mean, like not even light years close. He literally has all that control for a reason, and it's justified.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, like, he has that control because the UFC allowed it to happen. Thinking about it, let's be real. Like, you know, Conor's a great fighter, but. The, the way they guided him through his career, they helped build that monster. Now they're dealing with it. Wow, this, at, there's like you know, parenting. Thinking, this is like parenting King Will. Yeah, no, but for a matter of fact, let's, if you pull up his record, you'll you'll see like he had tough fights, but then a few times when the he made great movements and he had to fight someone that could wrestle, quote unquote, they moved him back a step, like to fight Dennis Seymour. Then after he fought that, then he stepped up to fight someone that's a little tougher. You know what I'm saying? It's always been like that. Like they they guided him because they knew he had star power. Has a country behind him that's been, that's very loyal to their people, their, their, their countrymen, especially their athletes, in athletics. And they used to guide them through, and now, they saw, he saw, Connor saw that. Connor sees he has power, and he's like, no, I'm gonna flex it.
0: And he and built like, some of that power, King Mo, I think, by, by doing what Dana and the, the old Zufa regime loved, which is being willing to fight anybody on late notice in any weight class. By doing that, it's almost like that was the foundation for the power that he has now. Because it was never like, like, UFC still hates John Jones for pulling out of that last-minute fight against Chael Son. Remember the, the UFC 152 card that never happened when Dan Henderson got injured? It's almost like the UFC has never given up that grudge to John Jones saying, you didn't do what we needed you to do. Connor always does, you know, up till now, what they needed him to do. He's always willing to fight anybody. Oh, Los Anjos gets hurt. Yeah, I'll fight Nate Diaz up two weight classes. Like, it's just – it's sort
1: yeah, of like – But I'm, I'm not going to smash it, but let's be real. I'm not, let's, let's be real, right? Okay. Supposed to fight Dos Anjos, Dos Anjos hurt. He is offered Nate Diaz, right? But Nate Diaz is a 155-pounder, but they fight 170. Because I started thinking, like, why would they fight 170? Can Nate make weight? Nate was like, I can make weight, but they said they would fight 170. It made sense because Nate, Dos Anjos is a softball. Nate's a southpaw. You know what I'm saying? Dos Anjos is a kickboxer. Nate can't kick. Dos Anjos can actually wrestle. Nate can't wrestle. Dos Anjos is more athletic. Nate's just good cardio. The has is more pop. Nate has no pop, so wow. they're like, oh. "You're debunking the myth, Harry." Look, this is like yeah, some conspiracy about stuff. It, about so they're, like, they're like, "Okay, well, because this, because think about this. Go back watch the fight. Because I'll tell you one thing that threw me off, like the second fight. But they fight. The second fight, I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm. Joe Rogan says Conor McGregor told me he had no southpaw sparring for the fight, for the first fight. So I'm thinking to myself, how do you not have any southpaw sparring when you're fighting a southpaw originally? So, oh, so, So the thing is the thing, like the, the thing is like the fact that Nate Nate beat Connor at one seventy didn't hurt the, didn't didn't hurt him. You know why? Because if we would have lost at one fifty five, the chances of Connor fighting for the belt after that would have been slim to none. But so the fact that he lost two weight classes above doesn't hurt the doesn't hurt his chances of fighting for the belt at one fifty five. That's all it is.
0: All right, so 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 it's kind of like 50-50, him being really smart and pleasing them when he needed to, them enabling him and sort of helping him get to this point. But let's now let's fast-forward to where we're actually at. I want you to tell me – I'm going to read you a timeline of the last couple of weeks. I want you to tell me if this is fake news or if this is really real. So on Thanksgiving, Manny Pacquiao tweets out a picture of Conor that basically says, like, stay fit, hashtag real boxing match. We're all like, what?! Bob Arum comes on this show a week ago on my boxing show and says, I don't want to promote that fight. Conor McGregor can't spell fight. I have no interest. But, of course, because Uncle Bob is a gangster, at the end he goes, I have no interest unless Manny really wants it. Which means, of course, I'll cash that check. Fast forward to this past weekend. Dana White at UFC Fresno gets asked about it. He says, this is is not real. This is a joke. None of this has happened. And he goes, by the way... If somebody is reaching out to Connor, who I have under contract and is trying to negotiate this, maybe I need to sue that person, meaning Pacquiao and or Bob Arum. Of course, Bob and Dana then traded some more trash talk late Saturday night back and forth where Bob called him a piece of piece of ish and a couple other things like normal. Uh, is this a real thing? I, like, I like because I don't because I was the guy who was like Mayweather McGregor's not a real thing, so all you people need to back off. And of course, that became a very real thing. So at this point, as we stand right now, King Mo,
1: Pacquiao McGregor, is this
0: a real thing? Is this really going to happen in
1: 2018? I think it can because it's like this, right? Um, the the plans for Crawford, I mean, the plans for Pacquiao, eventually, really a long time ago, or two years ago, or a year ago, was for for him to win out and then Crawford went out, and then for them to fight in pay-per-view. Pass the torch. But They tried that. They tried that three times. And and, and Manny won't said, do it. Oh, Pacquiao has nothing, doesn't want no parts of it, so I think Bob Aaron's moved on from that. He's like, alright, well, Crawford's moving up anyway, so you know what? We'll just take care of that. Try to get a fight with Crawford and uh, Thurman or somebody that Crawford Spence. But in the meantime, like, you know, Manny Pacquiao's in here. We'll see what we have for him. Well, he wants to fight Connor. Connor's available. He didn't get hurt in his last he didn't get too harmed in his last fight. He's not he's not he's not interested in going back to MMA anytime soon, it seems like. So why not make the fight happen? Connor has two options. He has Pacquiao, which is big money, and he has a grudge match with Polly Malinaji, which is big money. If I was him, you have to you know the fight with Polly would be a little safer for him, but the, the fight with Pacquiao might bring in more money, so you get know, to pick and choose what you want to do. Yeah,
0: he might pick. even, even Pacquiao 38, uh, pushing 39, I believe, uh, early next year is, is washed. I'm sorry, he is like he's not the same guy, but even in that Jeff Horn fight, that guy's knocking Connor out.
1: Yeah. It, but, you know, hopefully, like, you know, um, I, I don't want to see Connor get harmed, but hopefully it's worth it. And, uh, hopefully Connor's corner can identify when, you know, um, Connor's taking too much punishment because in the Floyd fight, he was getting touched up. And it seemed like, you know, um, that this corner was like saying, good job, good job, you know, keep pushing. It's easy work when he was getting tested. All
0: right. I I am one of the bigger critics of Floyd Mayweather over the years of his decision making, even though obviously he's closed his career with a legacy that in a resume that's really hard to nitpick. But obviously, if you've been following the journey all along, you've been critical of the timing of his decisions and all that. So I'm always on the ground of being sort of apprehensive of Floyd. But I got to give Floyd a high five here. Tell me if I'm wrong. Pacquiao's kind of made a part of his welterweight run at being a sloppy seconds of what Floyd has done. He fought Old Man De La Hoya two years right or a year after Floyd beat Old Man De La Hoya for big money. He knocked out Ricky Hatton a year after Floyd beat Ricky Hatton in a big and knocked him out in a big super fight for money. Now Con- uh, Pacquiao looking to cash in on Conor a year after Floyd's already like this kind of feels like. uh You've got Mosley too. You've got the Mosley fight. Oh, most great point. Mosley as well. Yeah, a little, little bit of a copycat sloppy seconds going on there.
1: Yep, definitely in a big way. But I think that he's trying to. He's like, where, "Where's the money at? Floyd's Floyd's paid. Um, I want, I want to make money too. And so I think he just sees like, you know, Floyd made this much money, so I'm, a, I'm this, I'm a big star too. So let me subtract twenty five percent of that or 30 percent of that, and I can make that much. Okay, that number sounds good. Let's make it happen. That's all it is.
0: You're right. I mean that's why the last couple of years we've been reduced to seeing these rumors of Pacquiao's going to fight Amir Khan in Abu Dhabi for oh, $300 million, right? And then it never happens. They never find the money. And I think your point, by the way, on uh, Pacquiao not wanting Crawford, I think Bob has moved on because what Bob is doing, he's, he's trying. he made Crawford – he helped Crawford become the mandatory for Jeff Horn. The guy who beat Manny Pacquiao for the belt, who's fighting Wednesday morning on ESPN in, in Australia against some no-namer Gary Corcoran. It seems like he's already moved on and says, okay, Crawford, you're going to move up, take the belt from some horn. So, yeah, Pacquiao's done at, the, at that challenge himself stage, and maybe that's not a bad thing. But, King Mo, we got to roll on. There was a UFC fight night card in Fresno this weekend. T-City Brian Ortega is a featherweight machine, King Mo, and he subbed out Cub Swanson via guillotine. He is now 13-0 and with one no contest, and every single time we see him, he only seems to be getting more dangerous. Your thoughts on this victory?
1: Man, um, I'm actually impressed on how he took the damage because he was getting touched up. Um, Cub Swanson was looking sharp, but this guy, you know, he almost submitted Cub earlier, you know, um, I think with a Dars, so He was going with the Dars, and it was tight. You can see the first Cub looked okay, and then you can see the panic in his face with, like, Four seconds left. You can see his face change. He started rolling around. And then with that guillotine, I thought that the guillotine was, 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 I, I didn't think it was in. I had no idea it was sunk in. Next thing you know, you see his cubs, like, panicking and you see him tapping. Um, kids impressive, man. Like, you can't let him get anywhere close to your neck because if he does. <laughs> going to sleep he's
0: got like a cool demeanor if you've ever seen him in interviews he's always dressing flashy wavy hair almost has the surfer dude vibe going but man he's a killer in his own unique way in there I mean 13 and 0 he was he's been creeping in the title picture for a while this was a big announcement victory but he did say afterwards I want to respect the process and respect Frankie Edgar I don't think I need to dive in there and jump the line and get a title shot Frankie got injured he was next in line I'll wait you don't see that kind of respect normally in this sport
1: Nah, but the thing is that he can say what he wants, but it's gonna come down to what the what the UFC wants, you know? Because he, you know, cause guys can say that, guys be like I want to house outside guys like I want to wait, but if they want if they want to put you there, they'll put you there regardless. It's up to their, it's it's their decision. So,
0: you see him as a viable threat for that belt? We're gonna talk about Max in a second, but Max is as hot as anybody right now. You see Ortega as a legit
1: threat? Yeah, man. If he if he gets to the ground and he gets anywhere close to your neck. You're going. You're tapping. You're going. You're, you're passing out. Good quote. He's for, that, he's that
0: uh, dangerous. Good quote from Cub after the fight. Quote: It crushed my head, and it's like my neck just flared up, and I panicked. I felt like I was going to die. End quote. D- is that a normal feeling when you get caught in a choke?
1: Uh, the guy has a great has a great squeeze. You know, with the, with the choke. Um, that that the, the way the way the way T uh, arms were when we had the guillotine. He's real. Shows are real flexible, and that guillotine was locked in tight. You could not see much space at all. It, it's pretty impressive because I, I was just the control he had. He actually pushed up the cage. I don't know the aware, the awareness. Like he's pretty impressive. You rarely see guys like that that can grapple and everything and and fight. Be aware of the wrestling and the grappling and position. And uh, he does it all. Oh, he—you so
0: well. know—he's got victories via TKO. He can do some things, but he still feels like almost an old school specialist to me. And the old school UFC fan of me that still loves watching Damian Maya fight for that same reason—I sort of love in this era of fully rounded mixed martial artists that there's still guys who can be known for one thing, and one thing above else. And you got to—you got to stop that.
1: And, and the great thing with T City is, like, I know you say when he dresses, uh he just does a flashy interviews. When he's fighting. He reminds me of like Oleg Tikhtarov. I don't know why. It's his demeanor. But he reminds me of Oleg You know, that's somebody, I, that's, I don't know what it is, but it's just something like he just comes forward and just stone faced, you know, coming forward. taking. you know, I, when, it, I couldn't tell you was hurt. I couldn't tell you was hurt because he's getting hit clean and I, and he, he's a great poker face because I saw nothing. I saw nothing.
0: That's high praise on his demeanor. One other note from that card: former World Series of Fighting champion Marlon marias sent uh, Aljamain Sterling to hell via knee KO. Sterling doing the dab, and, and he you know he was playful afterwards, and on, on how he was knocked out and the way his body felt. But that was pretty scary stuff.
1: Yeah, um, it was clean. That was kind of similar to what, what Bader did to Ilay um, Latifi. You know, um, the problem and the mistake that. Um, that uh, um Aljamain made was he didn't throw any hands before we shot. He just went in and shot and if he went through some hands that that might have delayed the um the kick or the time for the kick. Or it might it might have knock knocked back Marla and he got the got to the leg, but he just shot open without no setup.
0: That was that was that was a pretty uh Pretty crazy ending there. Pretty crazy highlight to come out of that night. Add that to the knockout of the year contenders. King, well, I wanted to get a couple of reactions. Uh, two weeks after the fact to UFC eight two eighteen in Detroit, which by the way was a pretty damn exciting card. You know, when you follow that up with two seventeen, people are already going, "Was that the most exciting consecutive numbered cards in UFC history?" Whatever that means, right? Still, hats off to the guys. That was really a heck of a card in that main event. There's that last-minute rematch, Max Holiday, Jose Aldo, and uh same as it ever was because I thought it was going to be a tougher time the second time around, and I gotta give, give Jose Aldo credit. I thought he came in, was ready, was fired up, had a good game plan, did some good things. I thought he almost won both of the first two rounds, but when he was lured into a brawl in round three, he succumbed the same way, and I don't think you can do anything but exit that fight going, yeah, Max is a, is as impressive as we thought he was in the previous 12 fights he won. Give that guy the pound-for-pound pound stamp. Don't take anything away from him. He's nasty.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's pretty impressive. Um, just how so young he is, his composure is, is off the charts. 25 years old. Crazy. Yeah, you know, um, I don't want to say he's very well-rounded. There's more to come, but at the same time, we can't, like, we have to be careful giving these guys so much praise so soon because, remember, a year ago, no Love it was getting so much hype. True. No one's touching No Love. Oh, he beat, um, he beat, uh, what's, the, uh, not Dillashaw. He beat, uh, man, do with the knee. I can't. I'm going blank right now. I'm uh, blanking.
0: I'm blanking right around with you, unfortunately.
1: Uh, the champ, the former champ, Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz. Cruz.
0: Yes, that's oh, where you're Panther
1: going. Cruz. Oh, no, he, you see that? No one's done Cruz like that. You see what he did, to, um, Thomas Almeida? No one's done. Oh, he going to kill Dillashaw. He's an animal. What happens? Gets beat. Joanna, no one's beating Joanna. How many times we we heard like she's like you know how many times have we heard someone oh they're so young they're gonna be good and things happen. Vitor Belfort is the most the prime example. There was no one with more with more hype behind Vitor at such a young age at 19 years old. Vitor Belfort and he had a great career, but at the same time you saw up he was never consistent. But he was up and down his whole career. I feel like sometimes we see something good, but in order to get the stamp of approval, we have to see that over at least. A two-year span, I feel like, because we don't forget with no love. Like we saw, him, we saw. Well, he did great. He's done good. How many fights in the UFC? Like five. Yeah, you
0: know? he uh, he's very short still. He's only like ten and one basically. I mean, he's, he's
1: exactly. He's, but everyone's like, oh, he's a pound 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 one of the greatest f- bantamweights <laughs> of all time. But I'm like, bantamweights only been around for who knows how long. He ain't been around for that long. Like, greatest of all time of what? Of how many people? Twenty? Twenty competitors? Come on,
0: like yeah. Garbrandt's just had a seventh. UFC fight. I, I mean, I think Holloway's got a longer resume, though. Like he had a look. He had to take the long way to get a title shot, right? That that division was hand. It was hijacked for a while. He had to go around the horn and beat all those Lamas type guys to get there. But he got there. And I just want to say one thing about Aldo, though. Like he was ready. He was willing to go out on a shield. And man, he took a a. It might not have been the beating Shogun took in yielding the belt to John Jones, but. Aldo took a hell of a beating in this fight, especially since Herb Dean gave, gave him the long rope and let him try his best to, to get back in it. But I, I, that was, that was tough to watch down the stretch there.
1: Yeah, but you know what? You want, you don't, know, you know what greatness is? Greatness is Aldo's career. I, look, I remember when Aldo first seen he fucked up Swanson at the WC event. I was there in San Diego. You know, I remember thinking about that. He was blitzing people, destroying people, leg kicks, people, the way he did the Uriah Faber. What he was doing to people, like he was smashing them, killing them. He did it for so long. Think about it. P- people, people, like people talk about him like he's nothing, but he d- he was smashing people for years. Like what? But how long, how, long, how many years? Eight.
0: Did he went unbeaten for for ten straight? For almost eleven straight? years. no, sorry, ten straight years he went unbeaten. Yeah.
1: Ten years, like that. Ten. That's greatness. Like one or two years, okay, that's cool. Five years, that's good. Yeah. Ten years. Ten years, and look who he's Leonardo fighting.
0: Hopkins. I mean, he's fighting like you know Cub Swanson, Uriah Faber, Gamberin, and Mendez, Edgar, Korean Jombi. Like it's ridiculous.
1: You know, come on, you know, I, Ken Flow. That, that's greatness. That's greatness. That's greatness. Right there. That's greatness. But here's
0: feel- the thing, though. Even in his prime, though, and everybody's got a got a got a you know a tiny hole of their game. The thing with Aldo was always the conditioning, right? We watched him in round five against Mark Hominick take a beating that he shouldn't have. Did the conditioning also catch up with him against Holloway in this rematch, where he was really huffing and puffing hard entering round three? And Holloway, to his credit, stepped up the pace and put it into a situation where Aldo couldn't win unless he was going to land a big blow. Was was this just hey, he fought a young guy who's better than him, or do you think that the, the cardio caught up to him again?
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to be real to you, Mark Hamonic thing. Um, he in the fifth round, remember he took him down, right? He took Mark Hamonic down and just and didn't do too much. But you know what? Remember, know why, know why we didn't do too much? That softball inside of Mark Hominick's yeah. forehead? That's why. He's like, he didn't want to hit his head. He's like, you know what? He sat there and just played it safe. He's like, you know, he's like, because he didn't want to harm him. He didn't want to do much more harm to him. I remember talking to him and his people about that. But, you know, now, how many fights has he had in the UFC now, including the WEC? Think about this. WECs had what? He probably had like five fights in the WEC. He had uh, eight. Eight in the B.C. How many, how many in the UFC? Uh,
0: Twelve.
1: Twelve. So he had 20 fights t- in his Duke for career, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or So let's think about this, right? The last two fights, we saw him really start getting tired. Really. Because think about this. When he fought when Chad Mendez and went five rounds of Chad Mendes in the second fight, he wasn't gassing, and he was going.
0: That's like the fight of the year. That was a hell of a fight. You're right. He had yeah, to empty it- the tank in that one.
1: But just now, now think about this. 20 fights is a long career. Now, there's a lot of wear and tear, injuries, weight cutting. Your body's going to go through changes. You're not going to be the same as you used to be. You can get a little older.
0: And that was a life and death weight cut, it seemed like, this past
1: one. And that's what's going to happen. You know, he never had the the luxury. I wish he had the luxury to, to go between weight classes because if he had a chance to go up and down here and there, it might save his body. But really, instead of building up, he was cutting the whole time, just cutting himself down the whole time. He never had a chance to go up because what could have happened is he could have went up and be like, you know what, I feel good here. I'm done with 145. I'm gonna stay at 155. And his career, he could added, he could extend his career by, you know, about three or four years because he would have to cut no weight.
0: True, true. Do you think at 31 now move up to lightweight and reinvent yourself, or is he done at the very, very elite level?
1: I think he could still at the elite level, but I think that. If I was him, I would try to just fight guys that have been in the UFC for a while. Big names.
0: So should he enter the rich, I always call it the Rich Franklin period of your career. No one had a better late run Rich Franklin. He basically just stayed around in the bullpen whenever they needed at a main event at the last minute. They, hey Rich, we need you to fight Chuck Liddell in China. Oh, yeah, no problem, dude. No problem. You know, we need you to fight at a catch weight against uh, Vitor. Yeah, I got it. You think that's where he should kind of just be in super fight mode?
1: Yeah, be in super fight mode for about two, like, you know, maybe, maybe another year and a half, two years. You know what I'm saying? Just so the body can feel good, be in super fight mode. And after that, make a run for it. Make another run. All right, all right. I like
0: where you're going with this. Uh, the biggest story, arguably coming out of 218, was holy crap, King Mo. What do we have here in in uh, in Francis Nganu? Like, 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 you know, we fall victim to hyperbole. But go back and watch that knockout of Alistair Overeem. I have not seen really. Have we seen with the hands a knockout that brutal looking? In top level UFC competition before that was freaking sick.
1: But yeah, but, um, the, well, Mark, I, I that punch is nasty. Mark, Mark Takasi, that right hand when he switched dances. yes, boom. Like you see, like their 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 punches just that you know we forget because we're you know there's so much happening that a lot of times we just forget about certain things that go on. Like Scott Smith versus Pete Sell, that oh, punch. Oh
0: yeah, oh from hell, from hell that yeah. punch.
1: Yeah, but the things we forget because there's so much more that's going on. But, wow. at the, like, I mean, this was a number one contender spot. So this yeah, is the yeah, elite yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, with the elite level, yeah. I, I, but the UFC level, period, because Overeem is at the elite, but it's Overeem, the same Overeem we saw. No. No, no. and that same Overeem, we, everyone knew. Everyone saw that knockout coming because Overeem, only Overeem could really win by knockout or submission. And everyone knew the only – and ghana has been winning by knockout. That's his style. And we all saw that coming. Everyone saw it coming. Even Overeem saw it coming because one of the, the – when the bell rung, over threw a jab and clinched. Actually, he didn't throw a jab. He just ran, got a stance, and ran and clinched him and put him against the cage.
0: Get him into that Muay Thai zone. Uh, so Nganu is, like, as dangerous and hot a commodity, like, as we've seen in a while because we just don't know. Like, we still don't know. Can he wrestle? Can he go five rounds? Like, we have no idea. I this is a sort of UFC rolling the hot hand. They book him right into a title fight against Stepe Miocic, UFC 220, Boston, January 20th. Like, that's right around the corner. Is this just them capitalizing on the momentum? You think this is a smart move, or do you build this heavyweight title fight over time? Or are these two personalities you're not going to be able to build anyway, so let's just get right into it. It's sort of an interesting debate on their decision here.
1: Nah, it's an easy debate. It's it's, it's not. It's, it's even simpler than that. They'll have the fight because... I don't think they like Steve because I don't think they push him. They never even talk about Steve never They rarely mention him. Don't think they like him.
0: They had a contract dispute the past eight months, basically.
1: Now, Nganu doesn't speak great English, but what Nganu does have is he has a country that needs MMA.
0: Yeah, you've met. So you mentioned that our last show, and that was a really smart take. That why not rush him into that belt for that reason? Get it legalized.
1: Yep, rush in, rush in. Then once once Nganu was the belt, you get, you get the UFC and the P- PR people take in into to France, parade him around, go to, go to the Fran- French government, explain the, the science behind MMA and how it's not unsafe, and then how it can bring money to the country. Like, you have to worry about money. This can bring money to the country. It can boost your combat with this much. Blah, 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 blah. We can come bring fights. We have your champion, your champions in France. Look, what look, how, much, look how much money he brought to, to, they, or to Boston when he fought. For the title, blah 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 blah. Look, we fight Detroit. This is money brought to Detroit, and they'll convince them that you know what? Let's just, let's be like the, let's be like the rest of the world. Let's 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 okay MMA. Let's get this money. That's what's gonna happen.
0: I think that's a smart take, and I also think that UFC's trying so hard to manufacture their next superstar. Like there's a star hole. We talk about it every week. They've tried their best to, you know, rush Cody and manufacture him as their next star. Tell everybody, hey, this is our next star. Whereas Nganu is sort of that Mike Tyson raw element where he's doing it on his own. Like he's doing it faster than they could have ever tried to do it, you know, artificially.
1: Well, you know, heavyweight. It's not that hard to do heavyweight because people don't see me. Like, you know, think about it. A guy that size, or any of the guys in the UFC, right, any of the heavyweights in the UFC, to see a guy that size and just – a lot of people in real life don't see a guy in shape that size, period. So six it's, five, it's looks like he
0: could be should be playing yeah. linebacker. I mean, this guy's a, a freak yeah. athlete.
1: It's fascinating, you know. It's a fascination when you see two big guys out there fighting. It's it's like you know it's like King Kong versus Godzilla, pretty much.
0: <laughs> now, King Mo, you dabble in heavyweights. We'll be seeing you in this heavyweight tournament. How would you deal with a guy? Who, you know, might have holes, we, we don't know, we, no one can last long enough to see his holes, but is this absurdly dangerous? I mean, let's be honest, he didn't just, it wasn't an overhand right he killed over here with, it was like a Roy Jones-like
1: leaping, you know, half uppercut left hook. It was a, it was a smash, it was an upper hook, a smash, remember when you read Reddick?
0: Yes, yes. It was a smash, upper hook, boom. Good, good, good comparison there. How, how do you deal with that? If you're go, if you're tasked to go in there against him next, uh, how do you expose that? How do you survive?
1: No, it's not. Here's here's how here's what you do. If I were in there, because I I think really a guy like Verdun would give him problems, because it's like this: you have to be all the way in or all the way out, right? You have to be all the way in and smother him, or be all the way out, distance. But at the same time, you want to be just out far enough to where you make him extend and throw his arsenal at you. You make him miss. You be elusive. You fight smooth. You don't sit and cover up because he'll hurt you. You have to make him miss. You have to make him hit air. Then you have to. Close the distance and close the distance on him and smother him. You have to. You have to. The main. The main thing is you want to survive past two two rounds. Once you get past that, you get to three round territory and take it to four, rounds four and five. Then you see what's up.
0: Getting there is obviously a hard task, and the betting uh, the betting lines have been set, and Nganu is the pre-fight favorite. You you you're surprised by that?
1: I'm not surprised at all, but you know, um, it's gonna be interesting because if Stephen Myosik is confident. You know, let's see what let's see what type of game plan he has. Because if he's confident and can 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 stay disciplined behind the jab, it'll be it'll be a tough fight for Ngannou.
0: Here's the thing: um, we all are kind of expecting, without saying it, that Ingunu is going to continue it and he's going to win the belt and he's going to be this Mike Tyson-like thing. We don't talk about what if what you just said happens. Miocic, you know, who has the power to 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 knock out anybody, can get the victory here. Is, is this could this be the I don't want to say star-making turn because look how much of a star is A going to be. He is who he is, right? But is this the type of win he needs to to sort of you know crush an oncoming train that everybody thinks is going to get him? And now he would break the UFC record for title defenses by a heavyweight, and he would sort of kind of establish himself as as the elite guy in that division for you know for this era. Even though I think it's really Kane.
1: I don't know. I, it's hard to say because if you think about it, like like the UFC is like they're not really building star because they don't need to, and here's the reason why. Like if you notice the trend, the trend is Europe. Boxing and boxing, all the money in boxing is
0: in Europe. England,
1: MMA, yeah. yeah, just Poland too as well. You Germany,
0: know, yeah, Germany, it's a big deal, definitely.
1: You look at MMA right now, the hot bit right now is become England, become Europe. You know, you start to see, you start to see a big, a bigger influx of fighters. You start, to, you start to see them push more European fighters. Like the the the, the guy that knocked out a um, cowboy, what's his name? Uh, Emil
0: uh, uh, Till. It was a
1: Till? Yeah, Till, Till, Till. Till. They're gonna start pushing him. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, see he's signed with a boxing promotional company already. So I, I, feel like they're gonna start pushing the European market because there's more money be made be made there, and it's 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 still I think it's growing faster in Europe than it is in America.
0: That is a very fair point. the 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 fan base is just rabid there. I mean, to be honest, the fan base in Europe is way more rabid on everything. If you have a favorite bad. band, go listen to a concert of them in Europe. The crowds are insane. So it, it would kind of make sense. Like like we talk about, or like we talk about in boxing. You know, I talk to promoter Eddie Hearn. I'm like, your crowds are rabid for Anthony Joshua. We don't feel that over here. And the response every time is because we have too much competition here. American pro sports. There's you know, how are you going to compete with the NFL and the NBA and all that?
1: Yeah, 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 and that, that's very true. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and then you got the beaches, and you got this, and you got the amusement parks, and you got TV shows and Netflix. There's so much. There's so much more here, you know. That I feel people take things for granted. In Europe, when things happen, they they go all, they go all in. When it's time to go there, they go all in. Body paint, everything. You know, everybody's like the the hooligans. People there to fight. It's it's it's, it's something serious.
0: Kim, I wanted to close on that 218 talk by uh, just mentioning quick. Eddie Alvarez walked through hell and back to defeat Justin Gaethje, and at 35, now we're like, hey everybody, Eddie Alvarez is a is a real threat for the title again. Like he was willing to fight Gaethje's fight in order to do that, and yeah, he had a, he had a smarter game plan. He wasn't just straight brawling. But uh, how do you not have anything but impressed by by what he was willing to do to get that that W?
1: Yeah, it's impressed because he took so much damage it's, and. Uh, He can make the fight so much easier You know what I'm saying Really, I feel like 80 hours makes every fight hard You know, he has skills to make fights so much easier He just doesn't use them
0: So that's a fair point, but he didn't succumb Fully to the other person's game plan Like he did in the Connor fight at least It felt like he was at least trying to right the ship He just constantly was fighting off Like hard leg kicks and his face getting busted up
1: Well, I I really think that If you think about it, the the, the game plan was still bad Because it it It's pretty much two guys That fought the same if you think about it, except, except Eddie Alvarez was more willing to back up and play cat and mouse a little bit more. Where Gaethje, just to, Gaethje comes forward, you throw punches, he stands there, covers, 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 you stop punching, he comes forward, punches and kicks. Gaethje, just, Gaethje doesn't punch with you. Gaethje goes he goes punches, he's either offensive or he's all the way defensive. Now, Eddie Alvarez is sometimes the same way, except for this fight, he was willing to try to do more in between, and he's given more ground because Gaethje is a bigger version of Eddie Alvarez.
0: I like that. I like that. This is why we get the this is why we get the good stuff here from King Mo. Break it down. Very impressive knockout, though, in terms of the aesthetics of it. That was a that was a very vicious knee. King Mo, rounding out here as we head into the weekend preview. There's uh, one fight left left on the CM Punk UFC deal, and now there's talks again that he's back in the gym. He's training in hopes of returning to the octagon. Uh What's the best way to end this relationship? Because let's be honest, if Punk wants to fight. He should be in Bellator. It's, an, it, it, there's, it's a softer entertainment platform. that can give him the matchups that he wants. UFC doesn't typically try to promote the type of fights that CM Punk needs. How do we end this? How, do, uh, how does UFC get out of this? It, should they just let him have the one more and take in the money? What do they do here?
1: Well, the UFC. Well, the thing about this UFC is kind of becoming like Bellator in a sense. They should just sign somebody, sign somebody, and give him somebody for for CM Punk to beat. Because the thing about this, they signed they signed Michael T Jackson. He's a good guy. Took, but Mike Jackson, before he fought, um, Mikey Gall was just doing boxing and kickboxing. He didn't train MMA. He was like, so like a like, reporter, wasn't he? He was a journalist. Yes. He was a reporter. So, you know, you're going to sign him. Why not keep on? Just keep on. When it comes down to it, MMA is not a sport no more. It's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? You're there to entertain people, so just book the fights. The belt means nothing already. Just people want to see a champion, but really people want to see good fights more than anything. They want to see good fights more than anything. Champ. They like, they like seeing the champions. They like seeing the people, but they want to see good fights.
0: I don't even know who you put him in with. It's like uh, – unless you get a celebrity. Unless you're like, hey, Wesley Snipes. Remember you talked about wanting to fight in the MMA
1: once? Like, are you-? They, trust me. They could find somebody. They could have him fight Mike the True Jackson.
0: Uh, I, I guess you're right. I guess, you know, hey, the, 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 the they call it the, uh, Mickey Gall Ball, right? Both guys lost to him. Let's, let's see who can, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, it's going to feel like cheap ring. It's going to feel like cheap ratings. Where if Bellator does it, I don't think it feels like cheap ratings because no. they've established, look, they got Jake, they got, uh, you know, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger coming in. It's established that you can do that in Bellator and, and, you know, they're not, hi- they're not hiding their cards, right? They're like, like you're saying, like it's an, inter- it's entertainment half the time, but where UFC is still trying to be this thing.
1: Well, the thing is, the moment the UFC signed him, that's when it was all said and done. Like, hey, you know what? Like, na- We signed him because of name value. You're not, why? You, okay, so if you sign somebody because of name value, that means you're signing because of the star power. Entertainment value is the main reason All for, for all of that. CM Punk never had an MMA background, no mixed martial arts background, nothing. He said, He's not, not even a gym. really
0: good athlete. Let's be honest. He's not even a good athlete as a wrestler.
1: Yeah, but you know what? But, he's, but the thing is, he's over as a wrestler His he has a personality for it. But it's well, weird that they spoke.
0: signed him at a weak time. They signed him in 2014 when numbers weren't exactly going through the roof. And it's just because of his injuries and it took him a while to finally get in there. By the time he got in there, it was almost as if they were like, oh, whoa, what do we do here? What do we, you
1: know, like they almost didn't want him. Like we don't need him. But the thing is, they, now they really do need him because the thing about this, right? Like even though, even, even if he, even the card he fought on didn't do great numbers, but if, if he fought now, it would still do better numbers than they're getting right now. They got to so, find
0: yeah. him another wrestler, another pro wrestler that that's crossed over. I mean, that's that's the only way you.
1: you See, s- but, but that's the problem because once you go in, here's the thing, right? Bellator once they once they did that, they are like, all right, we're all in. Now the UFC you know, did, they're like, oh, okay, we have somebody we don't want. We don't, we have somebody that we don't want, but we don't think we could beat anybody. But if we sign somebody that he can beat, then we might as well to sign other people because then it'll, it'll never stop. I said, no, so
0: let's create a great. Connor belt. Let's create a celebrity yeah. belt, right? Let's just mine as well. At this point,
1: that'll be, be the next step. Watch celebrity MMA, celebrity MMA by the <laughs> UFC. <laughs> no, think about, think about it. Think about think about the ratings. Think about the ratings for that.
0: Okay, because well, they, I would, I would, I would show up and say, I will be your color commentator for free. You know, I'll be your play-by-play guy, your sideline reporter. It's 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 MMA pornography. We we would love it. We would be all over. It.
1: Think think about how much money that would bring. You know, it'd be think about this on Fox you could have some like Wesley Snipes with Joe Rogan cuz were talking about that years ago. You could have Shaq versus somebody, you know, it, it just have like MMA fights making you have them go two rounds, amateur rules, you know.
0: Yeah, oh wow, we, you know, yeah, I, I could do a whole podcast on that how we can we we actually we, you and I should start a pro promotion called uh, Celebrity MMA. I mean, that's, that's really.
1: You could do that. That's
0: we could do that every weekend. Of your people call my people King Mo, this Saturday in Winnipeg. It's UFC Fight Night. Love this main event, welterweights Robbie Lawler and Rafael dos Anjos. It's kind of, let's be honest, it's a pretty weak card underneath them. But this main event matters in this division, and this main event could bring violence. How do you see this fight playing out?
1: I think that I think it's gonna be a little bit opposite than what we expect. Hmm. I think it's gonna be Robbie trying to bring violence. and I think it's dos Anjos trying to um, stick and move and look for takedowns here and there.
0: He's reborn at
1: welterweight, straight up. He is. Yeah, he he is. I, I feel like um, he's grown in. He's grown into into his body. He's actually. I think he feels more confident now at that weight. I feel like he knows he can handle their their power and their strength, and he's a bona fide welterweight now.
0: Now, Robbie took some time off, a long time off after getting knocked out by Woodley and losing that title. Came back and won a decision over, uh, Cerrone in July that was, that was violent. Five, three rounds that was impressive though. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. The winner, that's not necessarily a deep division. So the winner, they, could they have next? I gotta look at the rankings here at, at Welterweight. I mean, you know, you got Thompson who's probably not gonna get a title shot anytime soon. Woodley on top. Colby Covington's trying to make a, make a big inroad with his mouth as much as of his visibility, but, Maya's a, a retread at this point. Masvidal lost outside of rushing Till in there, right? And Carlos Condit's coming back. Yeah, the winner of this fight has got to be next in line.
1: Yeah, or next for Kobe. Could Kobe get in there that quickly? Would they? Would they do that? They could have Kobe fight. They could have Kobe fight the winner of this fight right there, or, or Kobe could fight Wonder yeah. he He has to fight one of two because I don't know. Who knows when Will will be ready by? Because you know he says shoulder injury. Now he's saying that he might vacate the belt to fight somebody at 185 or something like that or try to get the George St. Pierre fight. Who knows what he's trying to do? But when it's all said and done, like, I, I don't see him fighting, like, right away. He probably won't fight till summertime or, or, you know, probably the summertime.
0: King Mo, you've said the belts don't matter, and you're starting to prove that that you're right. The UFC's made it so they don't matter. I mean, it's not a new thought, but it's pretty true because you're like, yeah, Woodley, just give up the belt and go, you know, chase money at this point.
1: Yeah, it, pay per what matters, you know, they, but they – but they made it that way. The UFC crate, they, they think, they, they did things that way by having the interim belts. The moment you start having too many interim titles, that's when things get, cause, they, cause sometimes, it, for some people, they have the interim titles quick. For some guys, they, they were, you know, like, I forgot who it was, it was Dominic Cruz that didn't defend his belt for like, what, a year and a half, two years? And it took them two years for to do to do an interim title for that belt. Or it's either him or Kane, one of the two, but they mm-hmm. pick and choose when they want to do interim, you know, and, and they- that's,
0: and speaking of floating belts, King Mo, it wasn't even on my rundown because it was so non-eventful to, for me. But we do have to kind of mention it. On December first, you have a inaugural UFC women's flyweight champion following the finale of the Ultimate Fighter, as Nico Montano defeats late replacement and veteran Roxy Modafuri. King Mo, I could not have been less interested in this fight. No, not, and it's not a direct jab at those two girls, but it's just sort of like. You're not putting your best foot forward, in my opinion, by debuting this division now and by not having a a big name in it. You know, why is Shevchenko not in this fight? Like, let's, like, let's be honest here. Now you have a champion who uh, no one's ever heard of. Let's be really honest. No one's ever heard of why are people going to care about this division at this point? There's no division. There's no division at this point.
1: Well, at the same time, like, you know, you got, you got, you got, got, um, female women like, uh, Joanna, who can go up. Yeah, Valentina he can go down. I think you're gonna start seeing people go up and down. I really think you're gonna start seeing people travel between weight classes. And uh it hadn't happened yet, but it's gonna happen soon. But then it I just I felt like
0: when Nico puts the belt around her waist, it just it felt watered down. It just didn't feel like it was necessarily earned on the level that would normally be. And I'm not saying the uh Holly Holm Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy fight was any better, to be really honest with you, but it's just like really
1: Well think well think about this when Carla Sparza went she, she, she don't forget when she won the belt. It's kind of the same same fashion. Like it, it's it's always gonna be like that at the start because it's a small pool you're dealing with. Now over time the pool starts to grow because now you're looking at you looking at 115, 115 is deep. You look at 135, 135 is actually got start it's starting to dry up a little bit. But I think that you know, they're gonna start to sign more women at that weight class. 145 is is barren, you know. So. They're, it's over time. I feel like they'll grow. It's, it's just going to take time.
0: Long term, can four UFC women's divisions survive? And now I say that because people were always like, "What happens if Ronda loses? Will the women's divisions <laughs> die?" No, they haven't died because, by the way, strawweight is better than any UFC women's division has ever been. Like, I want to see ten fights in that division, but is four divisions
1: too much? Well, you know what? Like right now, it feels like that, but over time. Women will be inspired to want to fight because you're starting to see it already. Because you saw, I saw with Gina Carano first. Actually, Christy Martin first. Then I saw with Layla. Then I saw with um, Gina Carano. Then I saw with, uh, uh, I saw with uh, uh, Rhonda. You saw with Cyborg. Joanna. Rose. You're starting to see Holly Holmes. You're starting to see more and more women become um, role models for younger women and letting them know, hey, you can be pretty and still fight. We fight just like men. I feel like you're see, you starting to see a movement right now. You're starting to see more or younger younger women, like um, there's a girl named uh, the, uh, Elijah, uh, the prodigy Pineda. She's from California. She's she's a teenager now. I knew her since she was like six, five, six years old, and she has been training MMA at that age because she was a big Cyborg fan, and a big Ronda Rousey fan. And still to this day, she has models to Look at um, you know, with Thug Rose and uh, and uh, Joanna, and she's still training. And you're start you're gonna start seeing that more and more often.
0: Yeah, Kayla Harrison, the judo gold medalist, right? Kind of following the Rousey mold into MMA. That, that's that's a, that's a strong point right there. Kingmo, we will close looking ahead to UFC two nineteen, which has a lot of women's connotations because of the main event. We may not make it in the podcast studio again before this because of the holidays. We'll be back right away in January with our year-ending award show, talking about all the goodness to close the year. But this two nineteen card, December thirtieth, you know, not as sexy as, as UFC wanted it. How do we sort of handicap, though, this main event, Women's Featherweight Championship, Chris Cyborg Justino against Holly Holm? Because, you know, we can say what we want about Holm's defeats, and I didn't think she deserved to be in that Durandamy title fight coming off of two losses, but she still might be, tell me if I'm wrong, the right style matchup to give Cyborg problems at this weight class.
1: I think you're wrong. And here's why. Um, I th- I still think that Holly is still trying to understand range. Because if you watch her, she throws a lot of jabs in the air. She'll throw combos in the air because she doesn't have- understand range. She doesn't throw many body kicks. She don't throw many good leg kicks. She doesn't have much pop with her hands to keep Cyborg off of her. You know, if if, if, if Misha take and get to, her, get to her, take her down, what's stopping Cyborg from walking her down and clenching her? What's that? what's stopping Cyborg, especially when the way she moves, you move upright like that? You start moving the leg kicks. Cyborg is a vicious leg and body kicker, a vicious near. And Cyborg just trained boxing with girls like Clarissa Shields. I heard that Cyborg might spar with Cecilia Brockhouse for this camp. So, like, if you look at boxing-wise, they might be on the same level. It's just that, it's just that um, Holly is more, she has more experience and she has more accolades. But stand-up-wise, striking, grappling, everything – is all a big-time in Cyborg's favor. I was thinking,
0: so, you know, Holly with the natural counter puncher, with the size, but you make an interesting point, and that just may have proved your earlier point about giving people too much praise too early, right? When Holly beat Ronda, it was like, oh, my God, she might be the greatest female combat sports athlete of all time, but it was like she exposed a hole in Ronda's game that was there all along nobody could get to, and it made Holm look like a world-beater when in reality she had, what, three UFC
1: fights at that point, Let's, let's think, think about this, right? Think about this, okay? Now imagine, like, you know, you got Floyd out there, right? Floyd's boxing, smashing people. Then we have Conor McGregor is like, you know what? I did. I'm, I was a champion here in MMA. I'm gonna, am gonna try boxing. Conor McGregor has one fight. You know, he's been training. You know, fighting these uh, bum fights. You know, like you know, he's a gym fighter beating guys. He gets up to four and zero within a the year. Then top rank calls me like, hey. We want we want to sign him to, to a fight deal. He signs the top rank. Wins another three or four fights. Then was and, and mind you, this is a year and a half in his career, maybe two years in his career. Then the third year, he gets more fights, and then finally they come to him towards the end of his third year and they say, Hey, we want you to fight we want you to fight Floyd Mayweather. Mind you, this is three years in his career. Floyd's been fighting for a while. Floyd's undefeated. The fight happens. Connor stops Floyd. That's that's the same thing that happened with Holly Holm, when Holly Holm about Ronda. Like, she came from a different sport and beat the champion in a totally different sport only after two and a half, maybe three years of training and fighting. Training and fighting. That that will never happen. It, it might happen again, but the chance of it happening is very, very low. You, you exposed the,
0: essentially the fluke in what we saw, right? I mean, it was like the perfect storm where obviously Ronda fought a horrible game plan, walked right into it and all that, but we then uh, anointed her, and then I think we've seen that you know, there's still holes. It's still so early in her own MMA game, even though she's in her late 30s at this point.
1: Yeah, it's very. The uh, thing about this Cyborg, has had how many fights? Like probably, probably 18 or 19, maybe 20 fights. Holly Holm has had what seven, maybe eight.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, not even. I mean, just get, scanning our record. Right, the Rousey <laughs> fight was her third.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you look at it, if you look at it, just look at look, look at when she first started fighting, her first fight.
0: Yeah, seven UFC fights. Wow, that that's kind of snuck up on me. I was gonna say it was even less.
1: Yeah, so and and, and I, I feel like she's green. You know, before she got in the UFC, she felt she one she spent one year in Legacy, I believe. She had one Remember? Bellator
0: fight, and the be, the rest was local, uh, Albuquerque in, in Texas. With yeah, Legacy with with local Albuquerque.
1: Yeah, so she really didn't have much experience because the girl she was fighting these other cars, she was killing with head kicks. She's fighting girls that had like she's fighting other women that had no fight experience where she was actually a combat athlete leading into that. So I, I just you know, I just feel like when it comes down to it, she's she's a beginner still. She's still a beginner in her career. She's still is, a beginner. Is home
0: more likely to get submitted here or, or or knocked out or or you think it well,
1: yeah, not, I think knocked out. Well just watch the Jermaine fight. What's what's the difference between Jermaine randomly and Cyborg? Power. Yep, power and I think Cyborg is like Jermaine is more like she's more like, you know, more you mean, know, I think like she's a, she's more of a one pace. Cyborg will change the pace up on you. Cyborg can still creep on you, or she'll she'll rush you. Jermaine just watch you down at one pace because she ain't trying to grapple with you. Cyborg will rush you to grapple and dirty box you, or she'll fight you on the outside and leg kick you the
0: you know, if Holm loses this, she would have had a very interesting legacy, how that all played out. If she, you know, closes this run with four defeats in five fights, you know, granted in big fights against big names, but after that Rousey like, when who would have guessed it would have gone like that? King Mo, uh Tony Ferguson did announce that he's going to take some time off with elbow surgery. Actually, his wife announced it on her Instagram page, so... We're not going to get clarity at Lightweight anytime soon with both Conor out and now Tony on on the bench for a while, but we're going to see in this co event Habib Nurmagomedov finally coming back for the first time since uh, last November 2016 against Edson Barbosa. You'd think the winner is going to be ready on deck you know, to some form of a title shot in 2018, at least they would hope. Uh, can Edson handle the storm here?
1: Uh, I think so. but It's going to be hard, but I think he can because the difference between the reason why I think um, Conor have problems with Habib because Conor doesn't move laterally. Conor just walks you down. Or he'll move, but he runs. You know, but he doesn't move. He doesn't move laterally in a combat stance. You watch him. Now Barbosa moves in a combat stance. So he's, he's always ready to attack. If you watch him, like well, if you watch Conor vs. Nate, when Conor, when when Conor started getting walked down, he started running, like literally jogging and moving. And he wasn't there. He was offensive-minded. Barbosa has those crazy spinning kicks. He has good hands, good leg kicks. When he moves, he's always ready to attack. With something spinning, something flashy, you just never know. So Habib has to pressure, but he has to pressure him smart. Because if he pressures him crazy, he can run into something.
0: And, you know, Edson's riding a hot run that no one's talking about. Because this division, you're always sort of talking about Conor, Tony, and Habib. But Edson beat Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, and then Darius. I mean, this is a hot run where... He could be the spoiler to kind of insert himself into this overall title picture when we've been just sort of waiting. When is Habib going to get healthy enough? When is, you know, when is he, he's always got the, the, the timeline with, with Ramadan where he's going to be out for a while. We just want to see him finally with that 24 0 record be in a p- spot to find out how great he can be. But this is no gimme. This is going to be a very fun fight.
1: Yeah, it's going to, it's going to answer a lot of questions. And, uh, if, if Habib wins, if Habib wins, then, then they have to give him a towel show because Habib is, well, he'll be 27-0 at that time, or? Uh,
0: yeah, 25 all. No, I mean, you might have to just create a, a title for him by that so, point. I mean, that's
1: just... You know, if, if he's to get a title shot, then obviously, you know, the fix is in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, you know, I like a strawweight fight, on women's strawweight fight on this. Cynthia Calvillo, who's having a hell of a 2017, is going up against former champ Carla Esparza. And let's just talk about Calvillo real quick. Made her pro debut in August of 2016. Made her UFC debut in March of this year. If she wins on December 30th, that would be five and zero this calendar year, including her first four UFC bouts. There's you could almost float her some like dark horse fight of the year votes if that happens. This would be a tough fight. This is somebody who, if you watch the fire and intensity, she might have it, King Mo, it to be to just leap the pack and become an instant title contender.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, she said deal with a, a woman that's gonna come to control her and come to Carlos. Carlos has a style to potentially like smother her and make her look ineffective. You know, so going "Come, I don't know, we'll see. You know, it's gonna come down to a uh, game plan if Carlos chooses to do. Because if Carlos, if Carla can't, then it's gonna be a pff, messed up night for her.
0: We're also gonna see Carlos Condit's come back. He had uh, flirted with retirement. After that final defeat against Maya, he had a just you know crushing loss in a fight of the year against Lawler, coming back against Neil Magny at the age of thirty three uh it's It's interesting to debate here if if Kanda can 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 get himself back into the title picture. He seems refreshed from the time off. you think he can get by Magny?
1: We're gonna see because Magny, he's a he's a he's a he's he's a weird awkward build, like nothing awkward but like he's a long and rangy, great cardio. If, Carlo, if Carlos, if Carlos Conde is in shape, he can do something, you know, but, but you can't count out Neil Madden because he has a lot of intangibles and that's, his mind and his heart is this great intangible. He always finds a way to win. Especially when, when it's a firefight and you have to dig deep, he digs deep.
0: We laid out the rankings before at Welterweight with a lot of people coming off losses. This would be a big win for him to get right back in. He's got the name. He's got the history, though, more than a year and a half off. Looking forward to see that one. The other fight of note is is Bantamweight Jimmy Rivera putting that long win streak on the line against John Lineker. Rivera was supposed to fight Dominic Cruz on this card. Cruz got hurt. Uh Always fun to see the banger and Lineker in there at Bantamweight, but this feels like a matchup that Rivera can win if he plays smart. Yeah, Rivera— is that an overrated guess, win streak, though? I mean, what is he? He lost his pro day. He lost his second fight, and he won twenty in a row. We
1: I mean, look it's like this. Out, you can say things are overrated, but if you can win that many fights in a row, they can be bums, but it's still it's still something that's hard to do. You know, no no one goes out there to lay down for you. And now and now some people do, but it's hard to find twenty people that'll go out there and just lay down. So I don't know. It's it's that's a great a great feat. Twenty straight wins. It's hard to do, man. It's not easy. And that all media win was him.
0: impressive. You know, he retired Faber, basically. I mean, he's, he's on a good run here. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or Did he, he retire saw- Faber? Was
0: that the last? No, Faber, Faber retired himself by beating Pickett. He he, he had that yeah. one more go away.
1: It was before the fight. Yeah, yeah. before The fight before that. Alright King Mo, we will be
0: back after the new year to talk our, our year ending awards, what we want to see in 2018. It's been a, it's been a fun and eventful debut run here with you King Mo to close 2017. I thank you kindly for joining us. The fans have responded. They, they love this tag team partnership right here.
1: Man, we just gotta keep on doing it big and better. 2018, man. That's what
0: I'm talking do it about. Big, man. Happy holidays to all the MMA listeners out there, to King Mo and the family, and all and everybody down there at ATT. I'm going to be tuned in to see if maybe I don't know. I'm not trying to spoil anything. I'm saying I want to see as a fan King Mo back in a wrestling ring. I know you you're in shape. You want to get ready for Bader. You want to send him to hell because because you know re- good ground game plus hands equals a problem. We know that King Mo, but I want to
1: see you in the squared circle once in a while too, all right? Well, yeah, this 2018, you're going to see more of me. I- doing more indie shows maybe just maybe we'll, we'll talk about this later, but maybe back in, uh, uh, impact. We'll see.
0: All right. All right. Maybe I'll see you back at the, uh, G one tournament at NJPW. Now just kidding. I'm just I'm <laughs> looking for big things for King Mo. We'll see King Mo Omega someday at the Tokyo. Dome. King Mo great times as always. Can you uh, give the fans a greeting on the way out here?
1: We are out.